Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Quantum Nurse, and I am Grace Asagra, your holistic registered nurse. Thank you again for joining me today. And we are very lucky, and I am very honored to have our guest. I'm talking to him all the way across the oceans near my country. And his name is Dr. John Tickle, and he is now all the way in Australia. So thank you, Dr. Tickle, for being with us. And I want to remind our viewers and listeners that if you have questions for him, for me, and you may not, um, you may not uh, uh, ask us right now, but feel free, please email me, message me, and I will pass on the, inform the question for him. But Nevertheless, I will make sure that his information and my information will be in this recording. So don't, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to Dr. Tickle, okay? And he has an hey, online hey, presence. Grace, it's Tickle. You call me Dr. Tickle. It's Tickle. Dr. Tickle. Yeah. Is that better? There you go. <laughs> Dr. Tikal. Now, presenting to you, Dr. Tikal. Well, I'm just going to say a little bit about him and more, and he could tell us more, um, much, much more about him and his practice, his family, and how he can help us. So, Dr. John Tikal, I first heard about him. And sorry, I didn't hear about him before. He could have helped me and many other people, but I'm sure he has been helping from another guest of mine. And when I heard about him, so I didn't hesitate, let me Google him. And then I researched and now I got his contact. So, and what I was excited, Dr. Tikal, is that when you responded to me and I wanna read his response, he said, I'm probably the only medical doctor in the world who has survived malignant brain cancer for 10 years. And I presented at many conferences across USA. So lot, lots of things I can help your people with from my research, knowledge of the living and eating habits of peoples worldwide and been there, done that experiences of studying to be an MD, treating the diseases of the Western world, our family, his, my brain cancer, diagnosis, stresses, and fighting for survival, the TV series across the USA, and 11 books in many languages. So interesting, the incidence of cancer is Western, in Western civilizations and culture has become so much worse than in Eastern culture. So with that little information that he wrote me, I said, oh, I'm so glad I reached out to him. So I'm really, truly um, happy that you're with me. Thank so, you, Grace. So I guess, and, and also he did send me a PowerPoint. And if we have a chance, we will share with you some of those. But for the meantime, with or without the PowerPoint, we have so many things to have that conversation. I guess we could start with, because what interested me is when I heard your, your book and your experience in visiting Okinawa. So how about we start with that, the longevity? Uh, yes, thank you, Grace. Well, uh, two of our beautiful five children are medical doctors. 
So the three of us in total now have visited more than 100 countries on our planet. Hey, Grace, do you know how many countries there are in the world at present? No, tell me. Uh, it's around 200, depending on which wars are happening and who, you know, who's saying what to who, but there are just 200 and something. So we've been to nearly half the countries on our planet looking at the not only the life expectancy, but the health expectancy. So let's start by asking your audience, let's say you had to choose one of these two things, Grace. Would you personally choose more life expectancy or more health expectancy? I'll choose the, the second one, more health uh, expectancy. 90% of people are. But what I can do in the next hour or so, I can equalize those things and show you and talk to you about the habits of the longest living, healthiest people on earth. So it's not longevity I'm interested. It's whilst you're alive for a longer time, you can remain healthy because in Western countries like Australia and America, over 80% of people when they turn 65 have got one of the CHAD diseases. Do you know what CHAD is? No, tell, tell us about CHAD. Uh, CHAD is an acronym. It's, it's this picture. I don't know whether you have a picture of CHAD there. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a guy sitting on a sofa with a remote control, a can of beer, a cigarette, lying there, and Grace, 90% of people in the world, Western world, spend 90% of their time off their feet, lying, sitting, snoozing, watching TV, playing with computers, even kids today. You know, they're a lot more inactive because they're sitting in front of screens all day at school, at home, all this sort of stuff. And so CHAD is an acronym for cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, and diabetes. Now, I just said to you that over 80% of people who are 65 have already got one of those diseases in their body. So what are we doing to us? I mean, have we lost our way in health? I mean, I've read all your bios and all the information about your brilliant past in the Philippines and, and, and you're into the psychological side of life, life, Grace. And so, you know, when we look at the skills of life that I've learned and I teach, I call them the ace skills of life. Because when you play the game of cards, the most important things are the aces. Now, the, a game of life is, well, it's similar to a game of cards. You want to win the game of life. And the A skills, A stands for activity. In the Western world, we're totally inactive. We don't do anything. The C is for coping, which you might refer to as stress management, looking after your mind. And the E is for eating. Now, I don't like the word diet because diet basically means the acronym, did I eat that? So did I eat that for three weeks and you lose weight and then you go back to normal and you put all the weight back on and that's called roller coasting dieting, which is crazy because you increase your fat component. So we're going to start with that question and I've asked your audience, put your hands up if you would prefer more life expectancy and put your hands up if you would prefer, prefer more health expectancy. So in the time we've got left in this session, we're going to give you both. Grace and I are going to give you both more life expectancy and more health expectancy. So that, that's the way of the new world. So I call this information or this seminar the new rules of health because the, the rules we've got right now aren't working. Because I like, I like actually both because I, I aim to have that long 
life and with a healthy expectancy. Because I also, what I believe is that the longer we live, especially healthier we are, then there are more that we could, I, I call it like um, accrete, or we can go through that process of accretion of higher yes. frequency. Great. So I'm preparing myself for the next one. <laughs> I love it. Now you mentioned the islands of Okinawa. Of all the countries we've been to, the islands of Okinawa sit off the southern end of Japan. There are a few islands, but the big island has got two, three million people. And the Americans have been researching that, that island since 1945 because the Americans built a naval base during the Second World War in the island of Okinawa. And it was interesting that the Americans and their doctors started to get interested in why the elderly people, A, were respected so much, and B, looked like they were 30 years younger. And so that's when the research started 70 years ago, and we've been through the countless research. All the signs, symptoms, habits, and so the Okinawans, for example, they eat between 18 and 23 different plant foods every day. Now, if you go to a restaurant in America, they say, Madam, do you want a steak or chicken or a bit of fish? And you say steak. And then, you know, do you want some vegetables? Do you want some soup or salad with that? Now, in Australia, they charge, if you go to a high-class restaurant, they charge you extra for the vegetables, like $5 for spinach and $6 for carrots. I mean, if you go into a Mar and Par Vietnamese or Malaysian or Filipino restaurant in Australia, they don't charge you extra for broccoli. I mean, see, mm -hmm. what we don't understand in the Western world, there are carnivores, there are herbivores, and there are omnivores. Now, carnivores eat meat, herbivores only eat plant, and omnivores, like us, eat both. But what we've done, we've changed our eating habits to go more carnivorous, now, a carnivore has claws, different teeth structure. They rip meat into lumps, they swallow it. They've got a sh very short intestinal pipe. So if I can draw a picture for you, I'm, this is the top end of your pipe. They call it your mouth, that's the wide end. And then it goes down and it gets thinner and thinner. Now the bottom end of your pipe is called the bottom end, but it's interesting when I showed this picture, I don't know whether you got that picture of the pipe or not there. I but Okay, when I'm in a seminar and I draw the pipe on the, uh, on the whiteboard and some guy put his hand up in one of my seminars and said, Doctor, that's why I'm fat. The holes are different sizes. <laughs> There's a big hole and a little hole, right? And so the reason we get so much bowel cancer and diverticulitis and all these ulcers and everything in our low bowel is because everything that we eat that's not plant, see, not plant has got no fibre in it. Fibre, roughage, is only in plant food. So when you eat a heap of meat and flesh and very little plant, everything, peristalsis in your intestines slows down. And so all the toxins and poisons are leaning against your bowel wall. That's why bowel cancer is skyrocketing up. So many people are dying from bowel cancer. In Australia, it's 11 people a day. Multiply that by 20. So that's that's that's... 20 times 11, it's two, two to 300 people in America die every day from a cancer they don't need to get. I mean, that's called prevention, you see? So when we start with the Okinawan habits, 
they work in the, they do not retire. Retire is a Western word. If you're tired, why would you want to get retired? So <laughs> when you retire and you don't start, you stop mixing, mixing with people in the office and everything, like what do you do? You sit there and watch television, you do a bit of gardening, you go on a world cruise or something. I mean, like, it's, it's, you've got to keep your mind busy, Grace. I mean, I, I've got no idea how old you are. Age is only a number, but you keep your mind busy because being busy is part of achievement in life. And yeah. so the, Okin the Okinawans have no rest homes, no retirement homes. They don't retire. They work in the fields every morning. They're active. They grow all their plant foods and they're eating plant foods most of the day and they sleep better because they act see people who are active more sleep better. I mean, the Western world is full of sleeping pills. Oh, I can't go to sleep. That's because we sit in front of computers and in aeroplanes and in front of TVs all day. And then we're not tired when we go to bed. We're funny people, aren't we? So back to the Okinawan, the industry, it's, is wellness an industry? It's only an industry because sickness is a bigger industry. And then people get the idea when they're sick that they want to be well. Well, why don't we stay well from the start and not get sick so much? We look at the COVID virus. I mean, our immune system, the big I word, have you got, have you got an I word there that you can put up in front of the, all the people watching, uh, Grace? The I word, immunity. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just continue. I'll make sure after. Uh, uh, well, let me show okay. them first. And this is okay. what he's talking about. That's immunity, well, there are three. inspiration, yeah, there are three. right? Inspiration, imagination, and there's another word, integrity. I mean, how many lies do people tell? How many fibs? I mean, we need integrity, but the big one is immunity. And the biggest thing in your immune system is you. Because you decide, A, activity, coping, eating, are you going to be active? Are you going to cope better and manage your stress better? And are you going to eat better, more plant and less flesh? So, and when I sit in front of people in my practice, Grace, I work out within three minutes what sort of a personality they have. Now, if I asked you, do you think you're an A-type person, busy, 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 and all this sort of stuff all the time, or are you a B, totally relaxed, you know? Or are you a C person where everything is, you worry about, worry, 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 you know, what's going to happen tomorrow, worry, worry. Because A people, I'll give you an example of A people. A people hate red traffic lights. When the light's red, they go down 17 side streets and they get there at the same time, but at least they're doing something, you know. A males, this is very sexist, A males always push the flash button on the toilet before they finish peeing. I'm going to do it because I think it's going to happen faster, right? So yeah. <laughs> now, A people have a high risk of heart attacks. That's just a fact, a medical fact. Now, B people, there are not too many B people in the Western world who just relax all the time and say, oh, you know, she'll be right, mate, and, you know, I'll be there in half an hour. I, I know your appointment's in five minutes, but, uh, I mean, you know, let's switch off this TV show and I'll just come back in half an hour. I want to relax. So B people aren't very good at business. Because, you know, there's no timelines, there's no deadlines, there's no achievement. There's no, uh, So what A people need to survive is the ability to get out of the pressure cooker and relax. Now, relaxation, there are two valves on the pressure cooker of life. Physical relaxation, going for a walk, 
B, psychological or mental relaxation. Like when most people go to the movies, they go to a cops and robbers, bang, bang, shoot, shoot, you know. But if you go to a lighthearted rom-com or something, I mean, you sort of lay back and you relax. And one, one of the skills you have, Grace, I've read all your information. I mean, you help people in a psychological manner, you know, with the massage and the dance and the... the, the see, your body needs to be taught how to switch off and we've forgotten how to do that. And then the C personality, they're the, they're like this, everything is closed in on them and they're worried, worried. Now, we do know medically that people, if they store up all their stresses inside and never get them out, they've got a high risk of cancer. And our cancer is just ballooning, you know. So they're the A skills of life. The Okinawans live by their skills. They didn't invent them. It's part of their lifestyle. They live in a community they don't live in 90-storey high-rise buildings. They live in a village and they get together at five o'clock every night for ayakura. Ayakura is goodness flowing. And it's interesting, the elders, the old people sitting in, sitting in a row on the lawn in the village and the little kids go along and touch them on the back to get the goodness flowing, okay? I mean, if you said that to, a, to an American company at five o'clock, all the executives sit on the, on the, on the carpet, and the young people touch their backs, they'd run you out of town, they'd lock you up, you, they'd think you're crazy. But this is where the human being belong, belongs, about community and getting together and hugging and all those sort of things. And so it's the Okinawan way of life. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when science, science comes up with a, the new diet, you know, the something 5-2 diet or this diet or the Hollywood diet or this seafood diet, your seafood and you eat it. I mean, there's always a new diet every week. My research doesn't look at science. It goes back to the beginnings of humanity where people do live till they're 100 and they're healthy. They haven't got the Chad diseases. And so you look at their habits and say, hey, let us learn from them and let us teach those habits that weren't invented 10 minutes ago. Well, I'm primarily well, believe that if you have to learn from someone, it has to be from a person or from a group where you 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 see or I can see what I want, and so yeah, yeah and so that's why I mean I was really impressed that you traveled around and you look into it, and then you know what you see that's applicable and we can adapt. And I was also imagining that when you said yeah, they 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 don't stop working or they're jumped up early because I still remember um, there were a lot of fishermen and farmers when I was growing up in the Philippines that they're up early, they go to bed mm. early, but they're also, you know, well, non-stop working. And yeah, I think just like you, I'm also not even thinking about retirement because I love what I do. And and I've worked with a nurse, Dr. Tikal. I'll work with a nurse who she just retired at 83 years old. Mm -hmm. And she was sharp. And so I always tell her that, my goodness, I still have many more years to catch up with you. And you are my role model. And thank, luckily, she knows how to balance her food, her diet, her activity. So she didn't have to live in Okinawa to work until 80 something but when but when you were saying also about the um the okinawans it seems like it's really a a very holistic 
um, you have to have a balance from all angles of, of our life, like, you know, from what we eat, what, how we move stuff. Because when you were saying about all those personalities, isn't mm. that some many times we need, we need a moment when you can be a type A, especially yes. emergency, you know? Yes. We have a moment when we can close, we can just close ourselves, especially when we're listening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good to listen and not, you know, be so there's moments to balance that, right? So tell us more about that. And and I really like when you mentioned about that Chad, and maybe you can connect that to what's going on now, because in when in the chat that you explained, it's a lot of people just sit and now we're forced even more to just stay at home and yep. sit. And the, the, the lessons, kids sitting again in the computer, even for me, I, you know, I find myself a lot sitting. So yeah, you could talk, talk, talk to us about um, how do we find the balance for those all the different types of personalities? Because- I think that's, um... Let's expand on that. Uh, you just said something about listening. Uh, Richard Branson once said to me, the simplest things in life are that the human being was created with two, two ears and one mouth. So if you want to be successful in life, there's another subject for another day. What's the definition of success? You know, a, a lot of people in America and Australia say, oh, you know, he's been, he's been very successful. And you say, yeah, his third wife just left him and his kids hate his guts. Oh, oh, yeah, but mate, he made $7 million last week. So, you know, the meaning of success, it's when you go back to the Okinawan Islands, they don't know that money has no value. And so it's more to do with family. Do you know what the word life, L-I-F-E, Grace? No. L-I-F-E. It's a Please. beautiful word. What would, happen, what would happen to that word life if you took the F out of it? It's a big lie. You're right. Life for many people, many millions of people becomes a lie because all the relevant Fs go and the biggest four Fs in our life are family, fun, friendships and faith. Now, if you can get a mix of those back into your lie, you'll live a life. And there are other Fs too, like fruit. Fitness. I, I heard it from Clay Clark that the other F is fitness. Fitness, yes, and fiber and uh, finance. You need a little bit of finance in yes. your life. And I think maybe, there are six of them. Maybe, maybe a bit of sport like football. So lots of Fs to go back in your life. And there's one F we won't mention at all. So when you need uh, <laughs> an all-around life, you write down the word life, cross the F out and saying, hey, is that me? Am I living a lie? Or do I want to put back the family and the fun and the friendships and the faith and all those sort of things. So let's do the first A, activity. Now, Grace, do you know how many hours you like to sleep at night? Six or seven or eight? Um, a straight five hours minimum. Yeah, well, from medical terms, if you sleep less than six or more than nine, then there are complications in terms of illness and longevity. So when I do all these studies in corporate Australia and corporate America, the seemingly average is about seven hours a night, okay? Well, that's what they wish for anyway. So let's pretend we slept seven hours a night. 
the, an hour lasts 24 days, so that means you're awake for 17 hours, okay? Sleep for seven, awake for 17. Grace, are you a mathematician? How many half hours are there in 17 hours? How many half hours? How many, I'm sorry, say it again, please. Okay, in 17 hours, if you divide it into oh, half, half. Okay, it's 8.5. Okay, so, okay, so in one hour, there's two half hours, okay? So in 17 hours, there's 34 half hours. So you're awake for 17 hours. Let's say you're awake for 34 half an hours. So in a week, you're awake for 238 half an hours. Now, people say, oh, doc, I haven't got time to exercise. I'm so busy. I said, hang on, you're awake for 238 half hours. Do you have a diary? Do you have an appointment book? Let's look at next week. Oh, I've got a very important appointment on Monday, a VIP, and I've got, oh, I've got all these appointments on Tuesday. Oh, and Wednesday, I'm so busy. I say, right, what's VIP mean? So, oh, very important person. I said, okay, what about you? Are you a VIP? They said, what do you mean? I said, who's the most important person in your life? Maybe your, your wife, your partner, your kids. How about you put an appointment for you in your own book to see you? for six half hours a week. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, let's go Monday. You reckon your appointment with the VIP is one at 10 a.m. and one at 3 p.m.? Oh yeah, but they'll take a long time. I said, yeah, but, but between them are a lot of half hours that you could take yourself for a walk. Oh, but like I'm, at, I'm in the office. Okay, so well, there'd be a park two blocks down there. You know, take your tie off and your jack off and just go for a walk around the park for 20 minutes and roll your shoulders and do some stretches and stuff. That'd be stupid. I say, well, what do you mean it's stupid? You're looking after your life. Like there are personal trainers who take people to parks and people pay personal trainers to take them to a park and go for a walk and do some exercises. Why don't you do it yourself? And they say, well, what, six times a week? I say, yeah, you've got six days left here. What about Tuesday? Oh, no, I'll be so tired from exercising on Monday. Oh, oh dearie me. <laughs> the more you exercise, the less tired you get. So what about Wednesday? Oh, well, I've got it. Hang on, you've only got two appointments with VIPs. You've got all these half hours spare. Oh, but I'll be, oh, yeah, what? Looking at your computer. <laughs> it's really interesting if well, we can follow, you know, what you're saying. And if, if a person can put it down, then he'll really see, you know, visually how, which, which ones or is that person giving a lot of time? So, because many times people, even just even in eating, right? They'll say, oh, I eat well. But then if you yeah. ask them to write it down, it's very yeah. revealing when they start doing that. The same thing as uh, the, the scheduling. I've heard it also, Dr. Tikal, when someone said the first in your, in your to-do list or in your appointment, make sure that you put at least the first three will be for you. So mm -hmm. that's also a good one, and not just one activity, okay. the first three. So, Grace, you've heard of the word aerobic exercise. Aerobic is Latin for with oxygen. So you can do aerobic exercise in your building. You can walk up two flights of stairs. Instead of sending a CC of an email to a guy in the next office, you can actually go in there and give him a copy of it, you know, and say, please look at this. I mean, you're allowed to walk to the tea room. In the old days in England, they invited a thing called the tea lady. And the tea lady would push a trolley around oh, and serve oh. you tea. 
so people didn't need to get up. I mean, how crazy is that? The worst thing ever invented in terms of inactivity is a remote control. Mm. I mean, in the early days, if you got a television set, you had to actually get off the sofa and go and change the channel. And then somebody said, you don't need to do that. You can just sit there and burn no calories. Mm. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing to ourselves? So activity, six half hours a week is your minimum dose of movement. Grace, you were born with 600 muscles and 180 joints. And you were born with that many muscles and joints to move. Now, if you put your car in a garage for nine months and it doesn't move, the battery will go dead. The engine will start to go rusty. So why do we put ourselves in a little box called an office and then go home to another little box called your house and watch another little box called a computer or a TV set, why don't we move the muscles and joints we were given? Arthritis starts in America 40 years earlier than in Okinawa. I mean, in America now, there are thousands of hip and knee replacements done every year that cost thousands of dollars, most of them for arthritis, which is our own, can I say bloody fault? That's an Australian word. It's our own bloody fault. Mm -hmm. So movement, is one of the aces of life. So that's activity. Yeah. And that remind, that, that's a great analogy about the car and letting it park. So now it's winter here, right? It's winter in mm. New Jersey and we just had a snowstorm. So if we don't like activate those cars, hit those cars, then sooner or later, as you said, the battery will be dead. You know, so, so the same thing as with the, the body. And I always say, Dr. Tickell, that since we have the, our limbs, you know, we're really designed to move. And, and talking about um, using the stairs, when I used to work at the hospital in critical care for 20 years, we were yeah. on the fifth floor. Right. So when, I, when there's some, uh, anything that has to go down, like, uh, lab tubes or anything that's, you know, with the central supply. If it's not emergency, I would volunteer. I said, I'm going to go down I'm, or I'm going to go up. And because yeah. I volunteer to exercise my walking, I always, I tell my coworkers, I'm letting my, my, my institution, let me exercise while I'm yeah. here. Yeah. That, that reminds me, Grace, that I've got a list of one percenters. It's interesting that football coaches, they know they're going to win a game if their team does 51 percenters. They're the little things that the statisticians don't do. You know, a pass or a shove or a handball or <clears throat> whatever. Now, in life, there are 10 one percenters that are critical. One of them is walking up some stairs every day. So I tell all my clients in corporate Australia and corporate America, they have to walk up 100 stairs a day. And people say, don't be stupid. I'm not going to walk up 100 stairs a day. I say, right, well, break it down into 520s or 1010s. Every time you walk past some stairs, your thighs, see, when you're overweight, your thighs are really close together. They talk to each other. And when you're walking past stairs, the thighs go, oh, no, no, we can never go up there. But if your brain, your brain's built on top of your thighs, and if your brain says, no, we're going up 10 stairs, even if you don't need to and come down, if you did that 10 times a day, that's your 100 stairs. So all these little one percenters. You know, Grace, when have you watched a sunset or a sunrise in the last month? 
Uh, the sun, uh, the sunrise. Yeah. yeah. Good. I mean, people people forget how to visualize, how to romance, how to switch off, relax. I mean, some people call it meditation. I, you don't need to meditate to watch a sunset. It's it's the same thing, you know. All the other, you know, Grace, have, have any of your listeners or viewers sent a thank you note in the last seven days? That well, I we, don't we, know. But, and then um, maybe they've done it in, let's say, thank you by email. I know I've received a few thank you when I'm doing a live stream. Then, yeah. or when I sent and my newsletter, they did say thank you. Um, yeah. Then one time I had a guest and this, you would be very impressed with this he, doctor because she's at eight o'clock, she's in bed. Yeah. Eight o'clock. Wow. She has a very strict rhythm for bedtime and she, she sleeps at least minimum of like minimum of eight hours, minimum. So yeah. she, that's why, because she said, then she gets up real early, do her activity. She's the one who sent me a thank you card. I said, mm. oh, see, it's so nice because you seldom received uh, a regular thank you anymore. Yeah, so in America, you still have, you can still post a letter from New York to California and still gets there, does it? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, people have forgotten receiving a card or a letter. If you have a mother or a grandmother and you post them a little card with a thank you on it. I mean, that means a million times more than them receiving an email. I mean, it's just that personal touch. You know, we've got to, we've got to get back to basics in life. I call it B2B. People call that business to business. I call it get back to basics in terms of our bodies and people's. And the other big word is care in communities in corporate Australia and America now. And I, I do a seminar called Karma. Now I spell Karma C. A-R-M-A. The C is culture. Some companies and some groups need to change their culture. The A is attitude. Now, when I'm in America, there's a newspaper called USA Today. Uh, if you flip it on the back, you see a, a, a big picture of the country and every state has a weather forecast. Now, in Australia, there are no forecasts that say partly sunny. So if there's clouds in the sky, it's always partly cloudy. But in USA Today, it's the only newspaper in America I've seen that they still have partly sunny forecasts. So you're looking at this. This is people. It's called attitude. You're looking at exactly the same thing. And one is positive and the other is negative. Interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I can look back on my brain cancer. I was given two years to live and I decided I was too busy to die. So it's now next week, 11 years. And my doctors used to say to me, John, you have a different attitude to anyone else who's got cancer. And I said, well, because I'm a medical doctor, I, I know. And I, I was thinking of the cancer cells as being the nasties running around my bloodstream and into my tissues. And when they were giving me the chemotherapy and the immunotherapy, it used to make other people sick. And I'd be overjoyed because all these things, the chemo and the immunotherapy, were killing all the nasties. And so when they put the drip into me and everything, and I'm smiling and everyone else is saying, the nurse is saying, why are you so, so happy? 
because I said, you know, these things are helping my body to heal itself. And they, they said, we've never seen anyone positive about getting cancer. So it's just, you know, some people get the flu mm -hmm. and a flu is a virus. Now, COVID is a, COVID's not new. It's a mutation of the SARS virus. Now, these viruses are going to overtake the world every so often, every few decades and all that sort of stuff. But it's the people. Let me ask you a question. Grace, why are 80% of COVID deaths in people over 75? Say it again, why? Why are 80% of COVID deaths oh, in people over 75? Because I, I, for me, it's a lot of comorbidities already with that most, most of the population, you know, and because well, the of bottom that... It, the bottom line is that your immune system, as you age, decreases. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing about that? I mean, there's the, the white cells that form the immune system. Two of them are B cells and T cells. So beta white cells come from your B, bone marrow, and T white cells come from your, th your, th your T, thymus gland. Now, as you age, the bone marrow shrinks and so does the thymus gland. So your immunity gets weaker. So you're more likely to get vicious virals, CHAD syndrome, cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, dementia, you're more likely because your immune system is weaker. So what are you going to do about it? Build your own immune system. You can build your through your ACE skills, your activity, your coping, your eating. I mean, we're, we're given a human body as a gift. And so if you're given a, a Porsche or a, you know, a Chevrolet, brain space, do you look after it or you just don't care? I mean, the human being is such an incredible gift. And we look in the mirror and we put on our makeup and stuff and say, I've got too many wrinkles and, you know, look after your body, activity, coping and eating. So, you know, I'm still here after 11 years of brain cancer. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, but and that's when, that's when you were saying that it can, with, with, with ACE and, you know, all the um, tips that you've given, that this immune immunity can really be is either strengthened or maintained strong, even if we add years in our life, rather than thinking that, okay, since we're adding years, eating numbers, then that's it. We're just gonna go down physically. So if we have that from the beginning, right, Dr. Tikel? But let me ask you for you, for what happened to you, what, what do you think, if, if it's okay, if you want to share how, before you were diagnosed and after, which one do you, do you, were you more conscious about your lifestyle? Was it before you got sick or you get diagnosed or after? No, it started when I was a general practitioner in a doctor's office when I was young and I was handing out scripts for Valium and antidepressants and things and you know general practitioners in some way become a social worker and then I thought to myself one day there must be another side to medicine uh, remember the great philosopher the Greek philosopher Hippocrates mm -hmm. Hi Hippocrates the father of medicine said two things medicine is thy food and food is thy medicine and the other thing he said prime most anyway the translation from the Greek, in the, first, in the first phase, do no harm. 
So we know that over-prescribing certain medications, like antibiotics, antibiotics don't kill viruses. But sometimes when you go to a general practitioner and say, oh, well, you know, take these antibiotics, see you in a week. But now we've developed antibiotic resistance because there's antibiotics over-prescribed, but antibiotics are now food. Mm. I mean, you know, the, the, the biggest growth in food in the Western world in the last decade has been organic food. And people say, oh, it's too expensive. What's the point in buying organic food? I say, well, do you know the words homicide and suicide? The suffix in a word means kill. So homicide is when you kill a man. Suicide is when you kill yourself. Genocide is when you kill a group. Why have pesticide and insecticide? They're, ma ma they're made to kill pests. Mm -hmm. But what people don't realise is that the, the chemicals, pesticides, get inside the food. People say, oh, you've got to wash your food. If you're buying food full of insecticides, pesticides, antibiotics, growth hormones, I mean, what are you doing to your body? And people say, it costs a bit much. And I say, well... Do you wear a hat in the sun? A hat costs something to stop you getting skin cancer. Do you put sunscreen on your kids when they go to the beach? Yeah, it's 20 bucks a bottle. It, it costs to, to prevent, but it costs more to get sick. So, you know, it's this seesaw through love. I can't remember what your question was, Grace, but there's the answer. And back, back to your, um, back to the immunity and when you mentioned about the virus. so. Technically, what people have to understand during this time is that it starts again with our own effort to really strengthen that immunity. Okay, because, you know, and as you said, um, if it won't go away with the antibiotics, and that's why it's a little bit more scary when people think that they have the virus and end up in the hospital and they go there walking and they may not make it out. So, um, so people have to understand that they could do something before they even go to the hospital. And if they can do that, they may not be in the hospital for just maybe just a day for hydration and that's it. Um, yes, the, the other point about the CHAD syndrome, in, in many states in America now, there are what, 50 states, is that right? Mm -hmm. uh, 49 state, from memory, Hawaii was state number 49 and Alaska was state number 50. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, a lot of the states now, cancer has overtaken heart disease as the biggest killer. And I've got a way of many people preventing cancer. C can you see what's on that page? Yeah. V-growth. V-growth. Uh -huh. viral, viruses that can cause cancer like the Epstein-Barr virus and the, uh, for the um, cervical cancer virus, there's, a, there's a, um, a vaccine now. But the gross, G stands for genetics, especially with breast, prostate and bowel cancer. If you've got a parent or a cousin with breast cancer, you have to have the scans, right? Because it is likely you're going to get it. So genetics plays a part. The R is radiation and pollution. We live in a world full of radiation. And don't forget those things. These things just stick on your head like that. Mm. If you read all the legalities, the legal things in the back of your phone, it will say, do not hold the phone against your head. Hold it there. 
And people say, but I couldn't hear on the on the bus or the train. I said, well, why are you using your phone on a bus? I mean, that's that is that is stupid. That's very unsocial. Radiation and pollution. O gross. O is overweight. Overweightness. Let's call it overweight obesity. Mm. Now, America is one of the fattest countries in the OECD in the the uh, modern world. And people say it doesn't matter. It matters because obese people way way higher risk of cancer dementia, diabetes. So, so G-R-O, and then the S and the S and the S. S is sunshine. Australia is the best in the world at getting malignant melanoma. So unless you, you know, keep out of the bright, bright, harsh sun and put the sunscreen on and wear a hat and all that sort of stuff. Smoking. See that guy there? Mm -hmm. that's, called, that's called nicotine. 90% of people who kill themselves smoking start as teenagers. Why is big tobacco allowed to sell products that kill it? Is it the government's fault? People say, no, it's the smoker's fault. Don't forget that 10% of people who die from smoking are non-smokers. It's secondhand smoke. Smoking causes stillbirths. Smoking causes sudden infant death syndrome. Smoking causes thousands and thousands of asthma attacks. I mean, why are we using a product that kills us and kills other people and harms them? And so the three S's are smoking, sunshine, and the big new boy on the block is called stress. People don't understand that if you can't cope for life. I got my brain cancer because of a big finance. I lost millions of dollars in a thing that I was stupid with an investment. And... I lost a lot of money and you know what, looking back, I think that was a great thing to happen to me because it made you realise that when, you, when you're back to ground zero, a bit like 9-11, here's something you don't need to know. On the 10th anniversary of 9-11, I was in Trump Tower with Donald Trump. We're looking down at Central Park and, and we're just thinking about the 3,000 Americans who got killed in 9-11. I said to Donald Trump, sir, do you realise 3,000 Americans die of breast cancer? Not once, but every three weeks. It's a 1,000 a week die of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah. you're kidding me, Doc. Mm -hmm. I said, no. I said, see, we take these disasters. They are disasters, but, but we have to learn from them. Number one, why do you need a tower so high that's 40 million storeys high that's just a, a target for terrorists? Number two, why do 50,000 Americans die of breast cancer every year? Because their living style doesn't match it. And if it's a genetic influence, have you had your checkup, your breast scan, all that sort of stuff? There are ways, there are ways to prevent. So it's interesting that the... It's really true when you know you mention about uh, the there's more thousands of deaths in, in than what we are where we were informed. Sometimes I think the media just focuses on one and then mm. ignores the other. Like mm. suddenly everything is just about the coronavirus and there's no more conversation about other situations. <laughs> And I think there's that the pandemic, the obesity is still a pandemic because there's yeah. more. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just interesting that people are not even concerned about that. 
and yet something that's chronic like that and then they, but you were men, you mentioned earlier that is it in the chat that the a stands for alzheimer's and then Alzheimer's. when you mentioned about the virus from what i understand also is that alzheimer's and dementia there are studies not it's not even new studies it's old studies that one of the underlying causes is a, an Im immune stress. It's an yeah. immune stress already, and no one is checking on that. Yeah, well, you're exactly right that we, when a happening happens and the media go berserk and panic, and, you know, I can once again refer back to 9-11, 3,000 deaths. COVID has killed, what, 300,000 Americans? But no, but not, not the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, not one of them has mentioned that in the same year last year, 300,000 Americans yeah. died of COVID, but 500,000 500, died of smoking in one year. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned about all the all the other factors as well, like radiation, you know, cause those that's happening. And when we mention again, back to the media is that people don't know that there are, the media corporation is really owned by only I think six corporations. And so, and whoever has that largest um, ad advertisement and it yeah. be if a pharmaceutical company is mm. one of those then you know they have they don't want to lose that money they don't want to lose that income so they have to just follow follow whatever whatever information they're given to them that's nowadays they say there's no more real investigative journalism yeah well can we spend five minutes on the the e-skill eating mm -hmm. okay there are four dr john rules of nutrition one there are basic foods and bonus foods. Now in school, Grace, you might have been taught about a food pyramid. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you can't remember anything about it because you grow up and you forget things, you see. So let's throw the food pyramid in the trash can and get back to Dr. John Tickell's four rules of nutrition. One, basic and bonus. There's two groups of food. Basic food is plant and bonus food is not plant. So when you have a meal, more than half the plate should be covered in plant foods. Uh, in America, when you go to a restaurant, you get a steak that's like half a cow overlapping the sides of the plate and, you know, one bean and four peas. Uh, so let's even up the plant versus flesh. Number, rule number two is two-thirds, one-third. The Okinawans eat more than two-thirds of their food as plant. They eat 80%, uh, but two-thirds, one-third is a good rule for Western people. Two-thirds plant, one-third not. The third rule is the rule of 15. I want you as a human being to aim at eating 15 bits and pieces of plant food every day. People will say, doctor, you are nuts. I said, that's one of them, just a half a handful. Not salted nuts, just normal nuts. Almonds, cashews, macadamia nuts, half a handful, that's a serving, not a whole packet of salt and nuts. So the two-thirds, one-third, so basic bonus, two-thirds, one-third, rule of 15, 
Grace, can I ask you and all your followers and viewers, what did you have? By the way, breakfast isn't a word. Somebody was in a hurry, an A-type person was in a hurry 200 years ago and put the words together. The words are break fast. Somebody said, oh, breakfast. What are you going to have for breakfast? No, it's break. <laughs> break Instead fast. of just understanding it as a breaking the fast. Yeah, so if you don't break your fast, you go 17 hours from dinner tonight to lunch the next day. That's too long for your intestines not to work because all that poison and toxin is just, just sitting there causing your bowel cancer, diverticulitis, ulcers. Anyway, when you, break, when you broke your fast, can you tell me what you had to eat? Oh, when I break my fast? Before I break my fast, um, well, I'm already up. I'm, all, yeah. you know, I'm already up. I'm already moving around doing things. But I, what I, what I use to break my fast is really liquids. You know, I, I have my tea. I have certain um, water that I put some supplements in it. And yeah. I put also a little bit of salt, a little bit of vinegar. It, sometimes I have a warm thing like a broth that mm -hmm. I, I take and okay. I, I really like that I really I'm thirsty so I think the body is telling us that you know you haven't had liquids you've been sleeping you were asleep mm -hmm. so when you wake up do clean your system and as you were talking about you know the the funnel that goes all the way to the smaller end so mm -hmm. you know just kind of like flush the system well, the longest living, healthiest people on earth, they break their fast with fibre. They have liquids. They, they drink exclusively uh, green and jasmine tea. Uh, they hardly ever have a coffee. They drink a lot of jasmine and green tea. But to break their fast with solids, they are into fibre. Fibre is in plant, so they have some grains now, in American supermarkets, I can only find two grains. One is a sort of Vitabritz or Wheatbix type thing, grain biscuit, those big grainy things. And the other one is oats. So if you buy commercial cereal, it will have a big slash on the box saying low fat, which means it's got 100 times more sugar in it. So um, fruit has got fibre in it. So I for breakfast, we have a... Sue invented an FP100 when our kids were small because a lot of mums say to me, oh, my kids won't eat fruit. And I said, yes, they will. And they said, what do you mean they will? Teach me how. We have an FP100. FP100 is a fruit platter that lives in your fridge 100% of the time. It takes you seven minutes a day to chop up fruit into bite-sized chunks and put six or seven different fruits on a plate. And the kids come home, Nana, Nana, where's the FP100? And they sit there. See, oh. a kid won't eat an orange because it's too difficult to peel and they get juice everywhere and it gets sticky. But if you have little pieces of apple and orange and berries and, you know, all, all seven different fruits, that gets your numbers up for the, for the FP, the, the rule of 15. And for lunch, you know, most people go and have a hamburger or something for lunch. Like, <sighs> It's really interesting that in America now, more than half of meals are eat out or take out. It's convenience. You go and buy a heap. I mean, the last time I was in New York, Dunkin' Donuts or whatever they're called, was celebrating their hundredth store of donuts, rolls of fat and sugar, hundredth store in, in Manhattan. 
Like, what are you feeding your kids over there? The, the best part of a donut is the hole. It's got no calories. But to get to the hole, you've got to eat all this fat and sugar <laughs> to get to the hole. So, I mean, some fruits, FP100, fruit planet, it lives in your fridge 100% of the time. I'll see if I've got one in here. Okay. <laughs> so that what that's what's... That's what's left of this morning's FP100. Oh. There were seven different fruits on that. Mm -hmm. And so Nana Sue will replenish that when she gets back from work. So uh, for lunch, you go down and you, you can have a grain bread sandwich with a few salad items in it. Oh, no, mate, I'm going down to, you know, Burger King and KFC. Um, do you know what one of our grandchildren called KFC the other day? Mm. Kids Fattening Centre. Kids Fattening Centre. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. yeah but that. it makes a difference. The, the, your, the strategy of cutting and getting it ready, especially when there are kids, it's really yeah. perfect. And even also for grown-ups that don't, if you're living with some people who don't uh, consciously think that they have to eat certain fruits or fiber early morning, that's what also I, I like to suggest to that also, you know, cut it, get it ready. And it's like tempting, you know. Yeah, now, the other thing about American society and the Western world, we've degenerated it into eating our biggest meal just before we go to bed. Now, if you go back to the old European and Mediterranean cultures, they used to have a big lunch and then for dinner, they just have a, a bowl of soup or something, right? But we've switched to the biggest meal at the end of the day now, Grace, when all your followers and viewers go to bed tonight with a big meal, what are they going to do with the calories? Are they going to swing from chandeliers for a while or are they just going to, are they just going to go to sleep? Because that's, that's why they can't sleep well. <laughs> well, when the body's asleep, you burn the least calories per hour. So... Why wouldn't you have a bigger, nicer lunch, a little bit of, you know, fish? I mean, even canned fish has got a little bit of salmon or tuna or something and a few veggies or salads or something. And then here's a really good way to lose weight. Have, have a grain breakfast, fruit and grain oats or something. For lunch, you have a piece of chicken or, or fish and uh, some vegetable or salad. Then after 2 p.m., you have nothing except vegetable soup. Nothing except vegetable soup between 2 p.m. at bedtime. And if you're a desperate drinker, you have, you know, maybe one glass of wine. People lose so much weight in three weeks just eating vegetable soup after 2 p.m. I mean, there's all these little tips and tricks. You know, if, if you want to keep in touch with me and my wife over the years to come, we, we can give you information about how to do that. It, it's sort of like Facebook, only better. It's, it's you know, the, it's the health book sort of style of life. So. The, the rule of 50, and then the last rule of nutrition. So rule number one was basic bonus, plant, not plant. Number two, two-thirds plant, one-third other stuff. Number three, rule of 15, 15 little bits and pieces of plant food every day. And the last rule is HI, not GI. Now, if you're a diabetic, there's a thing called a glycemic index where foods are rated and different diet books rate them all differently. So nobody knows what they're doing. HI is my index. It's called human interference. If you, I give you eight seconds to look at a food or a drink and say to myself, how much as a human being 
interfered with this food? How much has a human being really stuffed this food up for me? Have they picked it, grown it, and taken it from the farm to the the uh, health food shop or the supermarket, or have they squashed it, slashed it, added fat, added sugar, added salt, put it in a plastic packet It's going to fill up the oceans and sits on the shelf with a use-by date that nobody takes any notice of. I mean, when humans interfere with food, yep. they, they, they just ruin it. There, you would have loved this restaurant in New York. It's called U, H-U. For, right. It stands for human. Okay. okay. Human food. And so, um, yeah, they, they, and this also organic, all based. And so they have meat and everything, but all the human food. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, now we don't, I know we won't have time, but the, the problem again in what's going on nowadays is sometimes the food that we may see may not really be what we think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because the every most is genetically modified and other things as well that we don't know though all those nano things going on happening in um next uh, in in next month oh this is already month this is february i know yeah, in yeah. two weeks we're gonna have a um we're gonna have our speaker for our live stream what we do with the rest of my podcasters and yeah she, she really goes deep dive in research and she she herself is a small farmer because mm-hmm. she would rather trust what she plants rather than mm-hmm. buying. And, and the seeds, of course, are crucial. So she makes sure that she continues to cultivate that heirloom, those heirloom seeds. Mm-hmm. And that's that's again another thing that will contribute, right? For the radiation, and you mentioned all that food and genetically modified. But I'm so glad that you also mentioned about importance of family and community. And you know, tell t- tell us um, if you have a little bit more time. Tell tell me how many grandchildren you have, because it's nice you speak about them. So you can as you might as well tell me more about their children. Well, um, do you have a picture there of my gorgeous wife, Sue? Yes. Well, Let me show it first, okay? Okay. Can you see it? Can you lift it up a bit? Okay, that good? Bit more, lift a bit more, bit more, bit more. Yeah, so Sue, that picture was taken uh, six years ago, so Sue was only 67 then. And uh, Sue has five children, and I think they're all mine. And Sue had four children in five years uh, because she didn't know what was causing it. But then she had another child when Sue was 44. So Cameron's now, um, Cameron's 29. He lives in Amsterdam. But we now have, in answer to your question, Grace, we have uh, 10 grandchildren and one more coming in one month. So that'll be 11. And, and uh, everyone's been feeling healthy and see, I want to show them again. See, this is Mrs. Sue Tekel and you know, they're really, uh, yeah. yeah, but it's okay. Cause I can see it right here with me. Okay. Excellent. She's the best mother and the best gr- grandmother, Nana in the world because she, 
she loves she the big F family. She loves family first, you know. And she still 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 works. She does rehab for um, in in America. Did you know that there are two to three million Americans have a hip or knee replacement every year? Hmm. And it's mainly due to arthritis. And when people have a hip replacement or a knee replacement, they come out of surgery and they think, ah, I'm cured. You're not. The rehab is so important. The rehab's just as important as the surgery. So Sue does that for, you know, people in their 60s, 70s, 80s who've had their joint replacements and want to get back to real life. Yeah. So what else can we expect from you? What's your plan in the next many more years without retirement? Uh, well, I don't know what I'd do if I retired. I'd have to start drinking too much wine or getting fat or something. Uh, so I'm still going to do my cycling and walking up hills every day, and I'm still going to eat my 15 different plant foods a day. Oh, the other thing about Gorgeous Sue, when I was on the chemo and immunotherapy, she would bring my dinner in every night with 10 vegetables and the nurses would say, but we've got dinner here. <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, but look at it. I mean, it's all this new stuff. And um, uh, it's really interesting. If you go into hospital in America or Australia, you have a bypass operation in your heart and then they start serving you custard and cream to fill up the arteries again. So you have another heart attack. But I mean, I'm being a little bit over the top, but what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, my 11th book is coming out in two months' time. It's called The Organic Revolution. And then my 12th book, which will be sold all over the world. My books have been translated into, um, well, published in America. Have you ever heard of a golfer called Jack Nicholas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the greatest golfer of all time. Uh, Jack and I wrote a book that was called Golf and Life. It was all about him as a winner, not as a golfer, as a person mm -hmm. with a family, 22 grandchildren, and the love of love of life and that was translated into French and Portuguese and Mandarin and Korean and so my, my last book was well, not, not the last but the next book after the organic revolution is called The Girl Who Saved My Life so it's all about um, my good, gorgeous partner Sue so next year we've been married for 50 years, is, is that okay? Great. Oh congratulations, that's beautiful it's golden year Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, and I love I, it. I love that I, you're making the next book about her or with her, you know. The, the subtitle is How Your Body Can Beat Cancer. Not will, can. How Your Body and Mind Can Beat Cancer. So let's do this again if you think it's a good idea in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I know. When, whenever uh, a book of yours get published, it's fine. Just... Just send me a message. And even if it's not published, if, you know, before it gets published, feel free. Mm -hmm. This is the conversation I'd like the audience to hear, you know, knowing the, the problem, then inspiring them to take action. Okay. And Thanks. where can they find you, your, your website, or what's the best way to connect with you? Or to uh, get yeah, your the, website, the website is, I don't know whether you've got a little notice there, but it's, it's dot as in doctor, so dr.j.tickell -E at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, I'm now, during lockdown, Australia's out of lockdown now because 
we haven't had a positive COVID test now for nearly three months. So whatever we've done here has worked. And maybe our immune system is a bit better than Americans, but I'm still doing Zoom seminars uh, for my clients in Hawaii and uh, the US. And so if you go to my website, um, if you're allowed to put that up on your screen. Oh yeah, no, I will make sure, I will make sure I put it in the script. I put everything about uh, the guests. Okay. Okay. So yeah, if you were, I, I in during COVID, I do seminars for half, for half price. That's that's four grand. It's cheap yeah. for information. And you get after the seminar, you get follow up. You get follow up of all the notes about the A skills. You get follow up of the R things. Now the R things are twenty two things you can do to relax. Maybe in our next seminar we could share those around uh, Grace. And then the other thing you get is Dr. John's ISR. That's called your immune system rating. Now, if you go to a bank in America and say, I want a loan, please. And does the bank then say, you have to, we have to do your credit rating. Did they do that? Credit rating? Mm. Okay. With the, all your with human body, if you walked into a hospital and said, I don't want to ever be here, uh, they could, but they don't say, well, why don't you do your own health rating, your immune system rating? So if you do my ISR immune system rating, which we developed with the Okinawans and all the uh, doctors in the islands of Okinawa, you can actually rate your chances of not getting or getting the CHAD syndrome, cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes. And people say, oh, I don't want to know. I say, well, why not? Yeah. If, you're, if your ISR is lower than 80, do something about it. Mm -hmm. The biggest director and producer of your immune system is you. Yeah. Yeah. So please make sure you send me all those because I, I may just have one website of yours, but any other more links, please email it to me and I'll put it together with this. Okay. Because our audience will get this uh, recording by audio and also by video. Okay. And, and, the last, I, and yes, the last, I can say it's uh, winter in um, New Jersey. What's the temperature? Oh, it was like uh, 30 degrees earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, in Melbourne, Australia today, it's 90 degrees. Oh, <laughs> I, but <laughs> and I love the sun. Um, but I learned to dress up properly and then. Yeah joy outside so yesterday even if it was snowing a little bit and it was so cold I was walking along the shore and I thought I was having like a cryotherapy on my mm -hmm. face so but that yeah. was still good so I just look at the bright side that I was having fresh air and that cold air and good for my face and then my parasympathetic nerves and so that was perfect you just mentioned a very interesting point Cryotherapy is spelt C-R-Y, right? Mm hmm What about the other cryotherapy, which is C-R... Well, if you have a little cry, that can be therapy. And people say, I'm too embarrassed, you know, I didn't want to cry. Men are allowed to cry. This is called gender equality, right? Yeah. So if you're upset a little bit and, and you give somebody a hug and have a little cry, that's good for you. Exactly, exactly. So we really have to just live our our best life fully 
to experience all emotions, but of course not to dwell so much on that not very positive emotion because that's the one that we don't want to be too much on that deep side. <laughs> but there's always a moment for that. It's okay to be in that deep side briefly and then move on to the positive side. Hi. Grace, one last thing. Do you have, um, in the alphabet in America, do you have things called uh, the, the A-E-I-O-U, the vowels? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we, we can do next time a little thing about the most important words in the English or American language. The biggest A word is attitude. The, se the biggest E word is environment. The biggest I word is immunity. The yeah. biggest O word is olive oil, the best fat in the world, olive oil. And the biggest you word in the, in the world is you looking at you in the mirror, deciding that you will do something about you. Well, for sure, make sure you and I get together again, because, you know, I will be so really honored again to you just continue to connect with me. And this time is always good, <laughs> okay? But, and well, I usually end with a quantum affirmation. I have yes. these cards that I yes. shuffle every day. And then I, in, with intention, I say to myself, what can I share with Dr. Tikal? And then with the audience, if I don't have a guest for that day, then I said, what can I share what yeah. to myself? And whoever on that day may call me or email me. So I got, and you would love this because it was just really what we were talking about, endless opportunities. And I want people to read this three times, three times in the morning, three times at noon, in the evening, at yeah. bedtime, and really feel each word, feel the energy of each word. So this, it says, endless opportunities surround me. I attract an abundance of opportunities every day. Each decision I make creates new opportunities for my success. Endless opportunities surround me. I attract an abundance of opportunities every day. Each decision I make creates new opportunities for my success. Endless opportunities around me. I attract an abundance of opportunities every day. It's decision I make creates new opportunities for my success. Fantastic. And, and I will also send you a copy because I have my little card and then I post it again for everyone to listen. And I thank you to the audience and just check out Quantum Nurse That Life. I have some information there about my podcast as well as some digital products there that you that's good for you. I even have three free videos there that you can download for your daily health habits. And of course, the graceasagra.com is my old website, but it's very informative as well. And oh, but, but one one more question. This is the last one, Dr. Tikal. You promise? Audience. For my audience who are caregivers for with loved ones who have Alzheimer's and dementia, what can you best suggest to them? Because most of them, they are stuck at home with mm -hmm. them. And they before they would go to or bring their loved ones to the center, which is the adult medical day center. So let it be your last advice for those viewers who have loved ones with dementia. 
Well, I'm, I'm going back to the Okinawan elders. The first word they use there in the Okinawan dialect is respect. So in the Western world, we sometimes disown our elders. In the, uh, the islands of Okinawa and hopefully in the Philippines, people put their elders on a pedestal. And so the two words that come to mind when what do we do with the people with Alzheimer's? One is community. So if you're talking to two or three people at the one time, there is a connection there, a community there. And then to bring the part of their brain that's still working back to life, introduce some memories. Uh, and so it's really interesting. 20 years ago, science believed that if you kill the brain cell, like with alcohol, when you drink alcohol, you kill liver cells and you kill brain cells. Now, some good news for mild drinkers or moderate drinkers is that science has now decided that if you use brain cells, they can take over the function of the dead brain cells. So it's a bit like when you've had a stroke and you can't walk anymore. If you're, if you're in an environment where you're rehabilitated and they get you with you know, sticks and then on a treadmill that's hardly moving, you can retrain the live brain cells to remember, to think, cognition, to take over the functions of the dead brain cells. Now, whether you can make new brain cells, nobody's sure, but when you've got Alzheimer's, it's, it's a diagnosis that scares me because I'm never, never gonna get Alzheimer's because my mind's too busy and I eat very well, move every day, I'm active. So prevention of Alzheimer's to me is the simple steps of life, the A skills. But when you've got Alzheimer's, then it's a comfort thing. It's a community thing. It's a connection thing and it's memories. And it's more than one person. You're getting two or three or four people. You know, you could call it group therapy. And then somebody will say something, one of those three or four people will say something that will connect with, with one, one of the others. It's a re, Let's call it a reawakening of brain cells. So uh, that, that's my, not my area of expertise, but living no. Okinawa, you can see how they really look after their elders, you know, at the five o'clock Akura. It, you could call it a uh, celebration every, every day at five o'clock on the lawn and all the little kids, you know, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, about the oldies and touching them, goodness flowing, you know. No, no, thank you. That's perfect, perfect respect, community, activity and you know that applies for both the the person who is suffering with dementia and also for those of you who are caregivers and for me when I, especially when i was in icu when i see my patients in critical condition they became the mirror for what i don't want so i really be, took very good care of myself as well so Grace, thank you. Uh, one last thing about, you mentioned the word ICU. Mm -hmm. I assume you're referring to intensive care unit. Mm -hmm. Well, there's another way of looking at ICU, ICU. So when you are, are with the patient, mm -hmm. they're the, your primary concern. And so ICU, <clears throat> that's the yeah. bonding, the bonding yeah. that keeps people alive. 
Thank you. That's perfect. And I like it when you uh, you have words and you break it down and, you know, it mm. becomes more clear. And for me, that's also, I that helps me. And th that's why we can always share information and knowledge in different ways because we all study differently. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, I can't say thank you enough to our audience and please if you like this conversation don't hesitate to share it share it share it share it and that's why we're doing this because we want it to be heard more and for to help other people oh and great can, language can this i interview, say if they want to if, if they if your followers want to share what we've been talking about are they able to replay it to other people or not Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, they, they can. So and um, and we did this like this in the recording, but in the future we can do also a live stream. However, it is we'll just keep on trying many avenues to reach out people. And in my language, sure. I say mabalos, and that means thank you. Oh, mabalos, Filipino, mm -hmm. mabalos. Mabalos. <laughs>